Hey everyone, it's Duncan here. I hope you are having a fantastic Halloween. Hope you are up to your tits, your tatas, your little niplets and sugary treats and sweets. And hopefully there have been no razor blades in your apples. This is something super short to get you through the rest of your Halloween. This is a preview of the upcoming return, the third season of Chronicle. Now more details are going to be coming out about this and I've got some stuff to fill you in at the end of this episode but what you're going to hear ostensibly is the first 15 minutes of the first episode of season 3. I hope you enjoy this, it's going to be a ton of fun and like I say, stick around to the end of the episode to get some information on when the episode will officially be released and how you can check out and support Season 3 of Chronicle. Enjoy! It feels fitting about now to be joining me back again here on another journey in another place. What, some three years since we last convened? In that time, there's been attempts to bring back Chronicle in different forms, looking at different directors and different styles, but somehow 2019 feels like the right time to bring it back. I had to get in the right mindset the right setting, the right vibe. And staring out at the coastline just now, what is evident to me is that there is no better time when the fabric of society as we know it appears to be coming apart at the seams, where people in general have a deep mistrust of what the other man's thinking, that Chronicle could take a turn and highlight its attention on a little British subgenre which has yielded so much bang for its buck. On this season three, we turn our attention to folk horror, an inherently British style of horror. At a time period when the country itself has become more insular, I think that the very premise of stumbling upon a place where you are not from, that you know no one there and instantly, in your arrogance, feel that you know better only to find out that the very fabric of your preconceived notions will come back to haunt you. Now would be the time to sit down and really investigate folk horror through the lens of Chronicle. It may have been several years since we sat down and discussed some European horror movies but now is the time for Chronicle to return and over the next three chapters and nine episodes we're going to look at folk horror from its more humble roots to its heady to its resurgence as always with a critical eye 
and taking a view of what the films might mean and their connection to the time. It gives me great pride and great pleasure to welcome you all to Season 3 of Chronicle, an almanac of old world horrors. Ignition, T-10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0, liftoff. The speech served to remind Parkins of his discovery that afternoon. It was with some considerable curiosity that he turned it over by the light of his candles. It was of bronze now he saw, and was shaped very much after the manner of a modern dog whistle. In fact it was, yes, certainly it was, actually no more nor less than a whistle. He put it to his lips but it was quite full of a fine caked up sand or earth which would not yield to knocking, but must be loosened with a knife. Tidy as ever in his habits, Parkins cleared out the earth on a piece of paper and took the latter to the window to empty it out. The night was clear and bright, as he saw when he opened the casement, and he stopped for an instant to look at the sea and noted a belated wanderer stationed on the shore in front of the inn. Then he shut the window, a little surprised at the late hours people kept at Burnstow, and he took the whistle to the light again. Why, surely there were marks in it, and not merely marks, but letters. A very little rubbing rendered the deeply cut incisions quite legible, but the professor had to confess after some earnest thought that the meaning of it was as obscure to him as the writings on the wall at Belshazzar. There were legends both on the front and the back of the whistle. The one read thus, For Flebis. The other, Quis esti quanitith. I ought to be able to make this out, he thought, but I suppose I am a little rusty in my Latin. When I come to think of it, I don't believe I even know the word for whistle. The long one does seem simple enough, it ought to mean, who is this who is coming? Well, the best way to find out is evidently to whistle for him. He blew tentatively and stopped suddenly, startled and yet pleased at the note he had elicited. It had a quality of infinite distance in it, and, soft as it was, he somehow felt it must be audible for miles around. It was a sound, too, that seemed to have its own power, which many saints possess, of forming pictures in the brain. He saw quite clearly for a moment a vision of a wide, dark expanse at night, with a fresh wind blowing, and in the midst a lonely figure how employed. He could not tell. Perhaps he would have seen more had not the picture been broken by a sudden surge of a gust of wind against the casement, 
so sudden that it made him look up, just in time to see the white glint of a seabird's wing somewhere outside the dark panes. The sound of the whistle had so fascinated him, he could not help but try it once more, this time more boldly. The note was little, if at all, louder than before, and repetition broke the illusion. No picture followed, as he had half hoped it might. But what is this? Goodness, what force the wind can come up in a few minutes. What a tremendous gust there! I knew that window fastening was of no use. Ah, I thought so. Both candles out. It's enough to tear the room to pieces. Welcome everyone to Chronicle, episode one of season three. I'm your host, Duncan McLeish of the podcast Under the Stairs. It feels so good to be back with another season of this, the kind of spin-off sister show to Podcast Under the Stairs. For those new listeners who are checking this out for the first time, we have two previous seasons which are currently in limbo but we'll be making our way to this official feed in the near future. The whole premise and idea behind Chronicle is to take a journey, pick a theme, and stay purely in European horror cinema and follow that theme throughout. The first season we looked at vampirism in European horror cinema, going right back to its origins and carrying it right through to the modern movies. Season 2 saw us look at witchcraft and what a journey that was as well, but it has been several years since we sat down and examined the subgenre of European horror cinema with a keen view to try and grasp not only the stories behind the productions, where possible, but at the same time uh, get to grasp with some of the thematics, some of the things that make it so interesting. So it feels good to be back. And it feels, like I said in the intro, prescient that at this point we'd be doing a little bit of folk horror because the world is a much more different place than it was a couple of years ago when we finished the witchcraft series. Things have become a bit scatterbrain, a bit dangerous, paranoia is a bit more rife and that really underpins what makes folk horror so uniquely fun. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to take a look at folk horror. We're going to do it over three different chapters. The chapters are going to cover three movies at a time. And they are going to be grouped together in such a way that we'll be able to see a bit of a through line in the journey of what was quite interestingly rooted in more traditional methods of telling horror through to far more experimental methods which are to its benefit and to its detriment in the 70s and then carrying through into the third chapter which will look at its weird resurgence from about 2009 onwards and the different forms that it's taken. It's a hugely influential subgenre of cinema So much so that in the year of this recording, 2009, one of the highlights in horror for me, cinematically, was Ari Aster's follow-up to Hereditary, a little movie called Midsummer, which not only is heavily rooted in Scandinavian versions of folk horror, but also at the same time owes a lot to things like Blood on Satan's Claw and The Wicker Man, movies that will be covered as part of our folk horror series here on Chronicle Season 3. 
So yeah, with all that in mind, we are going to kick into a bit of fun. We're going to talk about one of the really early examples would be a hard push for this one, to be honest. And that this one is far more rooted in telling a ghost story. Its delivery, though, sets out some of the templates that would be used moving forward in folk horror cinema. On top of all that, what makes Britain a uniquely interesting place to do this season's journey is that we have a weird history of just putting the most bizarre stuff you have ever seen on screen. Especially the small screen, especially during times where people are not expecting it. If you look back now and take a look at what we were showing ghost story wise or horror wise, back on TVs in the 60s and the 70s, even up to things more recently like Ghost Watch or Inside Number 9, which is a fantastic example of how twisted TV can be in the UK when playing with horror thematics and stylings, it feels right that we would start with Ghost Stories for Christmas, a weird series that birthed an adaptation, one of several it is worth saying, of Whistle and I'll Come to You, Milad. Technically the second adaptation of the source material, the first one coming in 1956, this 1968 made for BBC TV adaptation is one of these kind of lost gems that's found a bit of resurgence through academics and the internet, being a bit more vocal about it. It's fairly viewable nowadays if you know where to source it out. The BFI have versions of it. They released the full collection of the Ghost Stories for Christmas a couple of years ago. And this one in particular has found its iconic scene the main scare, the pièce de résistance, find its way onto a list that was curated for Bravo many years ago, the 100 scariest TV moments. And whilst you'll be thinking to yourself, Duncan, you said that this is folk horror, and what I know about folk horror doesn't involve ghosts. You would be right in saying that. The idea of someone, an academic, or from a different social class, coming to another area with their own ideas of what is right or wrong or their intellect overpowering superstition having that turned against them in the most horrible way and finding out that you are indeed a fish out of water is the very principle of what makes the genre of folk horror so interesting to not only myself but scores of people that have found a new appreciation over time for the weird little subgenre that occupies this island. And there you go. You've just heard a taster, a teaser, a preview of the upcoming first episode of season three of Chronicle and Almanac of Old World Horrors. Chronicle is my great. If you are a long-time follower, you know that Chronicle was, as was this show, on Legion Podcast Network and since has kind of not done anything in a good few years. Like I say in the preview, we are bringing it back with force this year. Now, I, ta- can I, 
I toyed quite a bit with how I was going to bring it back. Originally, the plan was to maybe bring it back as premium content for those interested in supporting the podcast through the Flick Chat app. I have since kind of decided that as much as that could be an interesting exercise, I actually am more keen to have people just listen to it and not put like a paywall behind any sort of... I'm, you know what I'm like, guys. I'm sceptical of these sort of things. So what I've opted to do is essentially create a brand new feed for Chronicle Podcast. So next week, we'll be putting out the entire first season. I will be heavily promoting its brand new feed and how you can check it out. The week after that, we'll be putting out season two. So about middle of November, season two will be out there for you here. Now, I did amalgamated versions of both those seasons. So there'll be two kind of standalone episodes that cover both seasons. And then the end of November, you will get the first episode of Chronicle Season 3. You are going to find that we're doing nine movies over three chapters. So what you'll get is chapter one will take you up to the end of the year. So every two weeks, starting at the end of November to the end of December, you get chapter one, which is the first three movies. Then in February, you're going to get the next three for chapter two. And then in April, you will get the final three for chapter three. And then basically, I'm going to come back with quite a bit of force on that independent feed. So you're going to get tons of podcasts under the stairs reviews over on the official feed. And then on the Chronicle feed, you'll be getting two seasons minimum per year tackling subgenres, actors. Um, it's really kind of what In Reverence does, except I'm doing it on a wider scale to do with specific European horror stuff. And moving forward, as it kind of takes off and becomes its own thing, I'm kind of hoping to start getting people from the industry involved, uh, historians and, uh, you know, knowledgeable voices within the genre. I'm kind of hoping to get them on involved with different seasons. Also, people that are involved with making movies, the plan is to expand it out and really use it as a vehicle to kind of push European horror cinema in the fashion that Chronicle podcast does. So yeah, there's going to be tons of exciting things coming from that. Um, and like I say, all of it will be kicking off from November. It is a labour of love. This return is not something I am approaching with anything other than extreme excitement and enthusiasm and hopefully hopefully you guys are going to dig what we are putting out now normally at the end of these episodes i would swing into a bit of blurb but i'm not going to do that all i'm going to do is wish you all a happy new year wherever you are whatever the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad haunted world of ours please take care of yourselves out there this is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs and I am signing off.